0: San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225 2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. <laughs> Live, local, loud, KZDC, San Antonio Sports Star. ESPN. AM 1250 and 1033 FM. Laying down the law with Steve Foster, Rod Chico Tana, and Chris Fernandez. Brought to you by Texas Fine Care Center, Instaco Global Logistics, Cover 3 San Antonio, Serenity Medical Centers, San Antonio and Austin, and Hop Dottie Burger Bar.
1: Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome into Laying Down the Law right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 1033 FM. I am James Pledger. Steve Foster is out today, but... I got my man Polly Greco in studio with me right now as we get set to lay down the law. Polly, how you been, my man?
2: Man, it is good to be back in the studio. It's been literally two years. I haven't I haven't been back in, in two years and it's it's good to sit down with you. I mean, we got the uh the better version of the show today, unlike my man Edwin, who was like, It's you two guys? Yeah, it's us. We're about <laughs> to rock this microphone, my man. You're about to get some ratings. We'll see.
1: We'll see. Because Pledge is on the show.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Slammed. Not even 30 seconds I in. I know,
1: right? <laughs> I don't think you're used to having a little a little attitude But Yeah, I like here.
2: that. Let's make it all attitude radio for two hours. I'm I mean, with that.
1: this is the time of year, man. Yeah. We are talking about upsets and Cinderella stories and the people that come out of nowhere. I'm obviously talking about NFL free agency. Absolutely. Because holy cow. What is going on in the NFL to where they are stealing the headlines on the opening weekend of March Madness? They have come in, they have thrown it on the table and said, "Uh Uh-uh, we're the big story around here. And there was no bigger story than Friday afternoon, right smack in the middle of the tournament, when Deshaun Watson abruptly pivots after eliminating Cleveland from contention. Then Cleveland said... Hold on, hold on, hold on. How about five years, fully guaranteed, two thirty? Even though you just signed a new contract extension that you haven't even started yet.
2: It's a uh, hold my beer moment, right? If you're to if you're to Cleveland Browns, obviously you're excited about what you're able to to bring in. You're taking a look. You're starting to restructure contracts in order to bring uh, Clowney back, potentially Landry back. You're trying to surround now Deshaun uh, Deshaun with a bunch of high potential, high performing, because you have to, because Mm -hmm. the AFC has now become the big brother in the NFL. All these moves at defensive ends, all these moves at the quarterback position, all trying to jockey for one spot in the Super Bowl.
1: It's incredible when you look at the disparity of quarterbacks between crazy, the AFC right and yeah. the NFC right now yeah. with everything that has gone on and all of it dead smack in the middle of the AFC West, it seems. Wow. As you're dealing with Russell Wilson.
0: Yeah.
2: Patrick Mahomes. Who just, I mean, Juju. Justin just signed. Herbert. Crazy.
1: Derek Carr.
2: Uh, I mean, it's Derek Carr. This is Derek Carr. I It's no I disrespect get, to Raider fans. It's Derek Carr.
1: I, I get it. Yeah. As a fan without a quarterback again, I would only take one, a Derek man. Carr. Yeah, I, I, don't. I love me some Zach Wilson.
2: Listen, I don't want to turn this into jet radio, but uh You're gonna. It's fine. No, no, I'm not. I'm just I would just say this. It's the first time in a few years where I'm excited.
1: You should be. Uh, I love excited. me some Zach Wilson.
2: It, very I'm giving, and I don't usually do this. Douglas is a plus off season so far, addressing just about every need. I think we'll address the needs in the draft with four number ten. I think if he doesn't back down, right, and get well, you more can't draft back picks, down, we're backing down. Yeah, everybody seems to want to just get out
1: of the first I, round. I, just let me go back. Yeah. collect more collect. picks. I'm good.
2: Collect, but it's so crazy right now to sit there and look at NFL teams that don't have quarterbacks that are going into this year mostly in the NFC minus you know the Houston Texans you have Tyron Taylor who left went to NFC is going to be the backup for the Giants
1: I mean wherever he goes that quarterback in wins. front of him usually gets turns up playing pretty well
2: <laughs> I like to me I like him he's a winner um I'm curious now though if he's rethinking what he should have done and stayed
1: No, you don't think so. No, to be a starter, I like like, he's not a starter. No, no, but he could have been. No, he couldn't. Not where he's. You don't think? No, I think so. Davis Mills showed towards the end of the year he played a lot better. Uh, The rookie learning curve started to kind of kick in for him towards the end of the season. Got wins over the uh, Chargers. Played well in the Titans against the Titans in the final game. They were the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, actually had a really good performance against the Rams, who were the eventual Super Bowl champions. So things started to click for him, it seemed, going down towards Ah. the end of the year. So Ah. they're going to let him ride and see what they got, and I have no issues with that. Tyrod Taylor had lost his job to another rookie quarterback like he seemingly does everywhere he goes. And that's okay yeah. because he is good at what he does in terms of bringing along these younger quarterbacks, which is good for Daniel Jones. Oh, yeah. It's really good for Daniel Jones in terms of having that guy in that quarterback room with him because I do think there is a lot of at least benefits to having him to help bring him along because he hasn't had that guy. What's Davis Webb? Right. I mean, I mean who does he have behind him to yeah. actually show him. him the NFL ropes and and teach him how to be a professional? Nobody.
2: Yeah. Well, he can run. I think we saw that last year, and I think that what as the Giants— long as his
1: feet don't get in his way.
2: That's right. But I think what the Giants are able to do this offseason by, you know, I'm not going to say solidifying or shoring up the offensive line, but they've definitely made Addressing upgrades. Addressing it. Yeah. And so, again, you know, like if you're as an AFC guy, you know— I I love what Buffalo's done so far. Obviously, everything that's happened in the in the AFC West, you just look at that. If you're if you're a fan of a team in the AFC West right now, you've got to be scared to death on trying to figure out. Like, are you
1: scared? Are you excited? I'd be
2: I'd be nervous, man. I mean, I you know, like Kansas City is is, has been the team coming out of the AFC West. You take a look now at this is the the first year I've felt that the AFC West is wide open. You think so? I don't know if it's wide open. Well, from wide open from a stance of you're not just picking Kansas Kansas City. Right. And so.
1: Like, yes, they're great. They added Juju Smith Schuster, another weapon. uh, Fast. uh, In my opinion, probably the weapon they were kind of missing in terms of just they have these small, fast guys everywhere, whether it's Pringle or Miko Hardman or Tyreek Hill. Their possession guy has been Travis Kelsey, but they haven't had that kind of hard x receiver that goes to the outside they've got one now in juju smith schuster i think and i think that helps them and benefits them but man you look at the arms race that the afc west is going through and i i'm not hands down picking kansas city to win i mean i'm picking them to win it just because i think to be the best you got to beat the best and they have proven that that is their division over the last Eight, ten years? I don't know. However long Alex Smith was there before Patrick Mahomes, And then what San
2: Diego is able to do on the... Excuse me. I always do that.
1: Los Angeles?
2: Right. right? I do that on purpose because I still believe that they should be there.
1: Um, (laughs) Well, do you still call them Oakland?
2: For the Raiders? I love... To me, that was the nostalgia. I'm I'm not a big... You know, I've been to uh, the stadium in Las Vegas. It's beautiful. It just doesn't have that. I'm a nostalgia kind of guy. And so, like... They'll always be Oakland for me.
1: I'm about it. Like I mean Las like, Vegas. Let's do it. Yeah. I want to go watch a game there. I want to go spend a week an NFL weekend in Vegas now. Done it.
2: It's fun. It's a lot of fun, my man. You got if you get the experience it, experience it. To go and bet on a game and then go over to the game and then get to watch a game. Uh Raider fans are are will always be Raider fans. But to me it's like Oakland is Oakland. I mean, like just saying Oakland. I mean like you got a little bit of bass in your voice, you know
1: what I'm saying? Oh, I understand. That. I understand, yeah, but at the same the time, I didn't want to go to the Coliseum.
2: Really, I liked I liked it only because the adrenaline of of trying to figure out if I was going to make it out alive. Well, that was, sure, that was a lot that, of fun. But I right?
1: just mean in terms of uh, like it's a dump. Yeah, like I don't want to. It's like going to the uh, going to the vet or going to wherever the the. What are they now? The commanders, wherever they play, where it fell apart on the fans as they were reaching over. I don't care about that. Give me a good stadium. Give me a place that is a Taj Mahal and has great screens and great angles. Like I, I'm, I'm all about the air nos-
2: conditioner now, I'll be honest. I'm when done I went- with
1: the nostalgia. And you got that. Oh, yeah. You got that oh, at yeah. Allegiant Stadium.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you, like when I went They've to They've got a
1: club in the end zone, oh, man. They,
2: it's crazy. You just need, right now, all you need is, is a hot tub there, right? A hot tub. Like Jacksonville? Oh, my. It's awesome, but like when I when I went to watch the uh, the Jets beat the uh, Houston Texans this year, like so comfortable watching the game, mm-hmm. so comfortable watching the game. Like when I was in my twenties, though, I wanted to sweat, I wanted to drink a ton of beer, and I mean you can still drink mischief. a ton of beer, yeah. But I can't get into mischief anymore, man. To you know, like I'm on the other side of the uh, of the 40
1: Art, but I? Mean yeah, I you can do still no do it, more.
2: nah, man. I got I got kids now, I got people that look up to me, like you know you and stuff, so. I mean Foz, this guy over here.
1: But I, I mean, it's it's looking up. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, the bar is kind of low it anyway. Low so it is low. It's not that big a deal.
2: <laughs> but you know, like when we, when we talk about bars low, and you take a look at you know the excitement NCAA bracket. Nobody, there's no way.
1: Oh, that- I've got St. Petersburg in my Sweet Sixteen.
2: You did? No. No, I was gonna say, I was about to say, man, that I'm about to bow down to you. Uh, this is to your point and how you open the show, which is like exciting times. Every single sport is headlining right now. Major League baseball, uh, not not to say I'm not a big hockey fan, but like you've got trades in hockey that are mm-hmm. happening. You know, so wh- when you take a look at it's this time of year and then October, like those to me are like the two best times of year. Football's kicking off. You got Major League Baseball uh, uh, getting into playoffs. NBA's kicking off, right? And, and it's it's the exact same excitement right now. And so, like, if you're a sports fan, it's it's you're oding on ESPN, CBS Sports. I mean, all these channels, TNT. You know, tonight, big game for the University of Texas, right? I, mm-hmm. I mean, like, you have an opportunity if you're if you're UT if you beat Purdue, you have a potential Final Four matchup. I, that's the way I'm looking at it right now. So, like. Everything that's happened over the last couple of years washes away. You get that big win tonight. It sets you up really, really well for that Final Four run. Really well.
1: It's amazing it's that awesome. Chris Beard was talked about and, oh, man, this team's underperforming. What's going on? Every year we hear that. And all of a sudden, gets into the tournament, gets win. All of a sudden, you're looking at Purdue, it upset there, and all of a sudden, The narrative is switched on Chris Beard all of a sudden. Yeah,
2: and I can't wait to talk about the game because I've got a couple key things that from watching yesterday's games and watching um, uh, last week's or this weekend's games, there is one thing that has absolutely stood out to me that is a difference maker. I can't wait to talk about it on the flip side. Well, we're going
1: to talk about it next, then. Yeah, we'll we'll start getting into the brackets. We'll break down yesterday's games. We'll get you ready for today's game. We're talking tournament coming up next right here on Laying Down the Law on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250
3: and 103.3 FM. Laying Down the Law is brought to you by Texas Spine Care Center, Cover 3 San Antonio, Coordinated Financial Group, and Hop Dottie Burger Bar.
1: Welcome back into Laying Down the Law right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 1033 FM. I am James Pledger, sitting in for Steve Foster, and I have got my man Paul Greco riding shotgun with me. We're taking it to 11 o'clock this morning, and a little bit of breaking news as we get set to kick off this morning. A little breaking news in Major League Baseball. Wow.
0: Shocked. This is Breaking News from San Antonio Sports Star.
1: Major League Baseball, we have another shortstop off the board. First, it was Carlos Correa who ended up going to the Minnesota Twins earlier this weekend. Three years, $105.3 million. Now, the other one is off the board as Trevor Story has reached an agreement with the Boston Red Sox, this wow. according to the USA Today. Wow,
2: I did not see that coming.
1: Of the teams listed, no. I knew the Astros oh. were in the mix. I yeah. knew the Yankees were in the mix. Yankees, I, Yankees had early
2: that they, they were really in it. In it, but to see Boston come, that that man, that's huge. I, I'm a big Trevor Story fan. like I'm a fan now. You know, obviously. When you take a look at, and you know baseball's my thing mm-hmm. and you take a, and you take a look at the numbers and um you know being part owner of, of baseball Digest and sitting here watching this guy come up through the minor leagues yep this is a this is a kid that I'm curious to see what the numbers are going to be in Boston obviously being a righty and you're playing uh with the you got the, the the big green monster I'm curious to see how the numbers reflect uh in Boston you're going to a division that has I think better pitching. Um, you'll have a lot more competition. Whether or not you know he can handle really dealing with fans coming out of that AL East, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he responds. Because last year, batting average wise, yeah, was okay. Uh, home runs have declined uh, each of the last kind of like four years. He's kind of hurt. You know, he had the shorten twenty twenty year. But um, I, I, interesting move by the Boston Red Sox. I think it makes him better. Uh, I like him defensively. Uh, offensively he fits right into the middle of the lineup. And this is a kid that, you know, hopefully uh, has that ability to rake, but man
1: shocked. I'm shocked, shocked too. Cause I knew that. if they missed out on Carlos Correa, Trevor yeah. story was in the Astros plans. Yeah. And you talked about the green monster there. I would have liked seeing what he could have done with the Crawford boxes with Absolutely. that short porch over there yes. and him going to Boston. Now that opens the door for the rookie Jeremy Pena, he is likely going to be the shortstop of the future in Houston, who was tearing it up in AAA prior to an injury last season. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, Jeremy Pena was one of the top prospects for the Astros in all of Major League Baseball. So him coming up, being promoted, we're going to— See, they're going to start his clock. Yeah. They're going to start his clock.
2: So let me ask you this uh, since, you know, I haven't had a chance to talk to you since Coles Korea signed with Minnesota. More surprise, Coles Korea to Minnesota? Oh. More, surprise, Tre- more surprise, Trevor story to, to Boston? Because to me, it's the Coles Korea. Like, I didn't. It's again, Korea, oh, it's Korea to
1: Minnesota for me, only because that's the one that came out of left field. Like, yeah. even more so than the Red Sox. The Red Sox have money and will spend it. That that's doesn't right. shock me if they come out. From nowhere and be like we want to get in on this and get in on it yeah Um, it was the three years it was the opt-out after every single year for him like that's a that does a lot in terms of minnesota's flexibility with him in terms of let's say they're not in it around the trade deadline all of a sudden you can trade him recoup some assets send him somewhere else and he's somebody else's problem for half the price for the end of the year Make a postseason run. All of a sudden, he's probably going to hit free agency. Um, the the thing you got to worry about with him, which is why I think Houston never budged off their five years, one sixty. Can he stay healthy?
2: That's it. You, you hit the the nail on the head, right? I I he actually had like one the deal. healthy season. That's right. Yep, and, and that's why I really like the deal for both sides, right? With the op outs, because. You have a guy in Korea that has the ability to put up tremendous MVP type numbers. He's a different caliber type of player when healthy. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm. So that's what that's why I really like the deal because when you have the op outs, which benefits both sides, you have the ability, and I've seen it. I've done studies on it for Baseball Digest. Guys who are in final years of their contract or in one year contracts tend to perform better at a at a rate of almost twenty three percent than normal. And mm-hmm. so like. With the pieces, with Gary Sanchez coming over, what you've been able to do with um, your minor league system, mm-hmm. you know, like that puts Minnesota into the potential for a playoff run, right? You you have a the only thing that sucks about Minnesota is playing in in the April time frame, right? The beginning of May cause it's still cold, but you know this is a team that in the AOS, which is wide open to me,
1: uh, man, I, who do you have in the AOS? Because the A's dismantled their team basically, yep, gone. You have. The, I like the Angels. I like, like what the they
2: Angels. did. I, I do. You know, I I like what they did this off season. Um, you have a healthy Mike Trout coming back. I watched the game yesterday uh, just to see he was hitting balls hard, hard. And so, but he always is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I, again, being you know obviously being out most of last year, I think he missed eighty plus games, yeah. uh, coming back. That's that's almost like a free agent move. That makes your team that much better. So I like what they br- you know bring in Noah Syndergaard as a Met guy. I don't like mm-hmm. it, but. You know, this is a guy that, again, commands a number one. Uh, You're bringing back the AL MVP. You know, there's a lot of stuff uh, to like about what they've done with that team. And so when you take a look, and you you mentioned the A's have completely... I don't like that, by the way. They completely dismantled their team. Um, You have an Angels team that's on uprise. I think the uh, the Astros got worse. Yes. I think Minnesota's come up. So... To me, that really opens up the door for for the Angels. I, I really like them.
1: And sure. Texas made a lot of moves this offseason. You see them spend yeah. a whole bunch of money. I'm they concerned go and get, with that, though. They, they go and get Corey Seager. They yep. go and get Marcus Simeon. Yep. They trade away Isaiah kina end up getting a, a catcher in return from the Twins. Yep. And I... I'm concerned about their spending, but I also understand it. Like they needed to do something, yeah. Especially after getting rid of Joey Gallo. Yeah.
2: You you talk about ballpark stuff. You're you're talking about, um, you know, a team that is looking to change the direction, right? However, again, historically, when teams spend the way that they spend, it tends not to pan out, right? Or it goes in one direction. I, I mean, let's just use the Texas Rangers as an example. Alex Rodriguez, Ivan Rodriguez, Juan Gonzalez, Rafael Palmero. Like you had a team that everybody on paper was like, "Oh my god, it was a great fantasy looking team." That's what I see this year. Marcus Siming to me, although we've seen the power surge because of some of the mechanics he's made at the plate. You know, this is I, I'm not sold on them yet. I have to see it in reality. I have to catch on uh, on the bandwagon to be like, "Nope, mm-hmm. yup, this is a team that can make damage, but I don't. Again, I'm going off of historical ways that teams have spent and how many wins does that actually buy you? I don't see it getting enough wins to buy you into the playoffs, especially with again the AL the the AL East just got better. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, so like I struggle with that. I struggle with that.
1: I really like the Twins in the Central now. Yeah, like when you look at the Central and what's happened when you're talking about the White Sox and the. Guardians now yeah uh the so Guardians the so Minnesota twins uh, uh, like I like what they've done I like the addition of Sanchez I like Correa. I like what they have to offer I think that's a team that can make a little bit of noise in the in the American League central Chicago and White Sox
2: are still the team to beat though that team is
1: they lose Carlos Rondon. yeah
2: but I'm, I'm okay with that you know and you what you didn't see behind the scenes is the Chicago White Sox trying to keep them mm-hmm that's what you didn't see, right? And so, like to me, when I look at that, it's like, okay, we're still really, really good. Mm-hmm. And that—that's a team that, to me, if, if we're doing like projections right now in, in the middle of
1: um, the, the preseason, that to me is is the team to beat. I know the Braves lose Freeman in the National League, but are they still the team yeah. to circle in the yeah. in the American or in the National League? Yeah, they're, they're bullpen. they their bullpen—they just signed Kelly Jansen. Right, so
0: you
2: take mm-hmm. that away from the Dodgers now. Kelly Jansen isn't Kelly Jansen from a few years ago, um, but it is
1: he is probably still nails. One,
2: Yeah, you bring back Clayton Kershaw again. Clayton's not the player uh, that he was uh, even three years ago, but you slayed him in as a number three.
1: Psh, you know, I mean, like. I mean, the I, Dodgers are never going yeah, to the lose Dodgers, in right. their pocketbook. Yeah. They're, like, they're going to spend the money to have the most talent on the field, and they've usually got the most talent on the field, but I yeah. think the Braves, who are the de- defending NL champions, have a really good roster put in place and Kuna supplementing the loss of Freeman the way they did uh, going and training for Olson and uh, the additions Jeez. that they had I really like what the Braves did this off season and trying to keep a championship level team on the field.
2: Yeah, uh, you know when you take a look at the the National League, it's right now it's going to go through the Braves, right? And again, I keep bringing up up the Dodgers just because of of what they were able to do um, this off season as well. And you you take away a, a key factor uh, away from the Braves, but you like you said you bring in a guy like Matt Olson, you sign him to a long term contract, mm-hmm. which Is kind of confusing to me because why not keep your MVP Freddie Freeman, you know, and you let him go to the Dodgers? That seems counterproductive to me. However, um, I'm going to say it just because I could say it. You know, the Mets made some really great Mm offseason moves. You bring in a guy like Matt Scherzer, uh, you know, Max is is, that was huge, dude. You don't you don't under you you lose a guy like Noah. Like I would have loved to have had those three together. But I get why Noah left a ton of money. Um, you got better defensively in the outfield. You were talking about trading away pieces that you're now going to key. You get Robinson Cano back after, mm-hmm. you know, being suspended for the entire season. You have a DH, right? So the the Mets are set up the thing that obviously that scares us every year is, is the bullpen. Philadelphia got better. You know, they they signed two really good outfielders yep. uh in the last couple of days. So like major league baseball, man, it is it's really gonna be fun. I'm excited for April 7th. I don't like the fact that we pushed it back, but now that's my new kind of first day off. <laughs> uh, you know, I got six screens at the house ready to go. But, you know, between that, you know, we talk football. You got the NC. I mean, like it's, it's chock full of greatness.
1: And, and I know we promised we were going to talk NCAA. But that's the hook. But, you know, you got get you some breaking news. Trevor Story, the biggest remaining free agent, signs with the Boston Red Sox so awesome. kind of coming out of nowhere. It kind of derailed it a little bit, but I promise we're talking tournament next right here on the Laying Down the Law in San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM.
3: Laying Down the Law is brought to you by Texas Spine Care Center, Cover 3 San Antonio, Coordinated Financial Group, and Hop Dotty Burger Bar. Mm.
1: Welcome back into Laying Down the Law right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 1033 FM. I am James Pledger, sitting in for Steve Foster today. I've got my man Paul Greco riding with me, shotgun, all the way till 11 o'clock. You can watch the show on our Facebook or YouTube live feeds. Just search San Antonio Sports Star, subscribe, watch, comment along. Also, you can get at me on Twitter. I am at I am Pledger. We found out the details of that Trevor Story deal. It is six years, $140 million, can be $7,160, also an opt-out after four, if we care to dive into the details of that. But the NCAA tournament is in full force. And once again, the story of the day is the St. Peter's Peacocks, who after upsetting second-seeded Kentucky, have now gone on to upset Seventh seeded Murray State seventy to sixty and punched their ticket into the Sweet Sixteen. Paulie G, the Saint Peter's Peacocks. I know you had them in your bracket. Yeah, I think I forgot to put them on there.
2: Oh, I think I was wanting them to get to there, but then I forgot, and so I didn't really put them in there. We just got busy. We just got busy, and yeah, I just had Kentucky going to you know win the whole thing. So, <laughs> so it is what it is. So now I get to sit back and watch. But yeah, this is you know. I think every year we always have that that one Cinderella story. Um, you have a 15 seed for the third time in in history going to the Sweet 16, and as much as it's exciting to talk about St. Peter's, it's more exciting to to talk about what's going to happen potentially tonight as a UT fan, mm-hmm. right, against Purdue because you have the opportunity now to play the darling of the NCAA tournament, um, and this is one of those matchups. When you take a look at Texas and Purdue, that is going to be fun to watch. And I think I teased it a little bit going into break on the one thing mm-hmm. that has been an absolute difference maker in this NCAA tournament. And as a former, I'll just say high school basketball player, okay. right? Uh, we did a lot of run and gun. The full court press is absolutely destroying teams right now, and it is obliviating my mind as I watch teams run to corners to get double teamed and then. Jumping up in the air and trying to throw balls off of people's legs—it is the most embarrassing thing that I think I've seen in NCAA basketball history. Is the fact that we are overcoaching and not coaching like the absolute basics of how to break a press. And so, if I am any type of team moving forward, one, I'm trying to say, okay, how do I break a press? But two, I'm trying to put as much pressure on the on the gentleman that's trying to handle that that ball up the up the court and trying to force unforced errors because we saw it yesterday. And Baylor, Mm -hmm. as soon as they started putting pressure on the Tar Heels, we've seen it with St. Pete's, we've seen it with Wisconsin. These teams that have the ability to put pressure are dominating on a defensive end.
1: And that's why we see teams with great guard play end up advancing in the tournament, because a lot of these teams that are led by bigs or a a strong front court have a tough time breaking presses or anybody that gives them any kind of pressure that they don't see during conference tournaments yep. or, or during their conference seasons. And if you're able to take the ball out of a guard's hand, or if the guard's not their, their strength of their team, all of a sudden that team can crack under the pressure. And I think a lot of these new balls are also having an issue. You see how shiny and orange that ball is. They aren't playing with regular balls that they're used to during conference play. To where you know you bring your own balls, and, and it's got a certain feel, and it's got a certain bounce, and it's got a certain grip. These yeah. these look like they're they're bouncing a little heavier. They look, people look like they aren't handling the balls as well as this they were, the were during the concert. That's, talk-
2: that's talking about balls, by the way, and and how they're affecting the game. Just so you know, oh. that's the kind of detail <laughs> that we're trying to bring while Foz is gone. So <laughs> we're trying to bring we're trying to really shine up the balls and make sure that you understand how how they're coming to play man cuz they are in play right now but it it's
1: i think it's a factor it because is, you've man. seen teams struggle bringing the ball up when when they're not dealing with elite guard play when they're yeah. when they're dealing with guys that you know can't break a press when they're dealing with guys that uh, you know maybe their primary ball handlers is their leading scorer who is a Ford. Yeah. And they're not used to receiving that pressure all the way up the court, so it, it kind of throws their offenses out of rhythm. And you said it, it, it number eight, North Carolina, yeah, That's had great. a tough time late as they were up twenty five at one. But congratulations to the Baylor Bears in terms of just really fighting the the ability to fight back from that. And force an overtime, and dude, hit you're number themselves. one.
2: You should have never been in that position in the first place.
1: I, you know that's uh, don't don't you give them say credit
2: that. Come on, losing, po- bro. No Polly, 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 Polly,
1: Polly. It's a number one seed, dude. It is a number one seed, oh, but you're one. dealing with a team that you can argue shouldn't have been an eight seed. North Carolina, while struggling early in the season, was one of the hottest teams oh, yeah, coming, coming into here. the tournament. Sure. They're a team that waxed Duke. Yep in the final game of Coach, Coach K's career at Cameron Indoor. I mean, this is a team that was playing extremely well, and yeah. then they lost two of their best players, one to a flagrant two and another to Fallon out late in the game yeah. that helped allow Baylor to get back into the game. But you lose some of that guard play, you lose some of that leadership, and they were still able to hold on and finish off that game. But I Just don't give credit to, to a team that is expected to win against an eight seed.
2: You have a tremendous year, right? You want to give him credit? Yeah, great year. Great year. You have one game at a time. It's literally, that's the one thing I think most people love about this. It's win or go home. Yes. You don't show up, and you go down 25. Great. You got heart. Fantastic golf clap. But the fact is is that if you were to play to the potential that you're supposed to, you're not in 25-point deficit. You're probably winning by 10 to 15, and give him credit coming back okay great you came back at the end though there was an expectation and you didn't live up to the expectation I'm super disappointed in how they came out yesterday and played in that first half
1: I get it but it's basketball you have off nights as shooters and and Sochan had an off night he didn't shoot the ball well and he was one of their top scorers Uh so it's it's difficult I get it but Any given night, somebody can be hot, somebody can be cold, and that team's going to advance. That's why we see St. Peter's in the Sweet 16 right now because if it went the way we thought it would, they would have gotten bounced in the first round by Kentucky, but Kentucky, like's been their problem most of the year, they don't really have a guy that they can dump the ball to and get points. Yeah, so using your
2: logic, which I appreciate a lot, right? I just, again, I can't, with the whole off-night shooting, you still came back from 25. So it's yes. not telling me that your shooting is off, right? Because you you dumped in over 80 points in the game, right? You took it to overtime, great. Again, that's another opportunity. It's now 0-0, zero, zero. Mm-hmm. pledge, 0-0. Zero, zero. You're supposed to be the number one seed, right? And again, that's why I said I can't give credit. I can't give the golf clap. If you're losing, particularly when it's 0 you have seven minutes to showcase the reason why you're the number one seed
1: and you fall short. I have a hard time with that. I really do. I don't have a hard time in a, a situation like this because... that. North Carolina being an eight seed is an aberration. There's no, in no world should eight North Carolina ever be an eight seed. They're a blue blood. They're one of the best programs. They've got some of the best talent. They were projected to be one of the top teams going into this season. One of the top teams in all college basketball. They've got a great coach in Hubert Davis. So uh, like, yes, I get it. It's an eight seed by optics, but I don't believe it was truly an eight seed by nature. North Carolina is a good team, just like Michigan. Michigan's not an 11 seed. I mean, you know, they, they are an 11 seed, but
2: so I'm going to you, So, based on your stuff, so I'm I'm looking, you know, because I'm a I'm a data guy, right? Yeah, they had the 57th strength of schedule. They were two and four against top 25 teams. Mm-hmm. Right? So like when we're talking about them being a good what team. What were they I, over the final month of the season though? Well, now you got now got to dig, dude. I yeah. just going based off of.
1: But still, you know, strength of schedule tells you how good of a schedule that they actually had. Exactly. Not very good. But much like the Dallas Cowboys. They were one of the best teams that we saw at week 7 On paper. in the NFL On paper. by week 13 they look like one of the most sluggish teams that I saw in the NFL. How you're playing going into the tournament makes a big difference because the oh, final, momentum is that's the final month the of the season versus the the bulk of the season. Yeah. Those are two different things this is, which is why the Aggies had such a beef of not getting into the tournament. They were one of the hotter teams going in late in the season. The problem is strength you schedules. Had, you had an 8 game losing streak in the middle of <laughs> February in yeah. which you went over. Yeah. That's why you know when when
2: guys start talking about like, and it really bothers me. Whatever sport, pick pick the sport. Let's mm-hmm. use basketball. Well, losing in November and December really doesn't matter. It absolutely matters in the NFL. Losing in the first three weeks really doesn't matter. It absolutely matters, right? Because when you're talking about becoming a one or an eight or a fifteen seed, right, it comes down to strength of schedule. Right, it comes down to how you did in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Shoot, take a look at all the you know in history has shown. You got an eight seed in in your uh,
1: in your tournament, but I think it matters. I think it matters more in football than it does in basketball because basketball we talk about it all the time. You just want to get into the big dance. There's no home court. There's no anything else. the The only difference is which color jersey you get to wear and whether you get to decide. You know who gets possession like those those are the deciding factors. Everything else is neutral. It's all neutral sites There's no home games. You may get to play in The opening rounds close to home to where you can have a bigger advantage But if you're a blue blood tournament like UNC you've got fans everywhere. So it doesn't matter if you're playing in Dallas or if you're playing in Greenville You're gonna have fans in the stands no matter what because you're a blue blood program and if you're a team like St. Peter's, every alumni that's there is going to travel to come see yeah, this six, game because you've never old. been there. Yeah, So six. it's it's irrelevant in terms of home court or any of that. It matters more in football. It matters more in the NFL, those early season games and what it matters and whether it means home court or not than it does in basketball with the NCAA tournament because you're rolling a ball out into a neutral site for the most part. Here's the other reason too, right? If you're in conference play
2: and eight teams get to go and you're in a number eight team and you win and you get that automatic bid, right, mm-hmm. and then you go in and you're one of these small town, I don't know, St. Peter's types, mm-hmm. and you're the 15, and you end up winning your conference and you go in and you beat a Kentucky, right, and you're beating one of, I'll use your, your words, right, the blue bloods out there,
1: mm-hmm.
2: not only does it give you credibility, it gives you momentum. And this is a team that has tremendous momentum. And you're talking about the disparity of 12X in how much money comes into your program, what it's showing you, and we talk about it almost every year, Budge. It doesn't matter if you're UNC. It doesn't matter if you're St. Peter's. What matters now is the fact that college basketball has shown over the last 10 to 15 years how anybody can win. Because there's so much talent Mm -hmm. in the NCAA for basketball. Because they're not going to uh, the NBA as as they were back in the day. And that is why it makes this so much more exciting. So much more exciting. Now again, UNC and where they're at and where they come from, you can only use that so far. You still got to play. And that's why to me, Baylor right now is more of a disappointment to me. Than Kentucky. No disrespect. It's personal because the state of Texas, way more disappointed in Baylor.
1: Thomas Turner on our Facebook live feed says the break between regulation and overtime saved North Carolina. Baylor had all the momentum at the end, and North Carolina was able to regroup in overtime. Why can keep you? that
2: momentum going? That's my point. He's making my point.
1: Appreciate you joining in on the conversation, Thomas. Disappointed. Don't forget, coming up next, Rod Chico Tanner with the AAU Focus on youth sports. Joining us next right here on Laying Down the Law on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM.
3: Laying Down the Law is brought to you by Texas Spine Care Center, Cover 3 San Antonio, Coordinated Financial Group, and Hop Dotty Burger Bar.
1: Welcome back into Land Lane Dunlala right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 1033 FM. I am James Pledger, sitting in for Steve Foster. I'm joined by my man Paul Greco, and right now, you know it's time. Our man Rod Chico Tanner joins with the AAU focus on youth sports. The, well, he's the godfather according to Drew Pearson, but what's the official title of
4: of the South Texas <laughs> district yeah, of the I, AAU I, I, focus. I will say that I love Drew Pearson dubbing me the Godfather. So it is. So it has been said. So it is done. But I'm the governor for the South Texas district, and then I sit on some it. other so sit on several committees. But uh, one that I'm excited about is being on the National AAU Football Committee, and and the big thing that uh, a lot of people may know now to put it out on social media, and we'll get the official. We've got a seven-on-seven tournament coming up in Colleen May 14th and 15th, but on the first half of the 14th, we're doing the J-17 Jalen Jones Skills Camp. Um, Jalen Jones actually was from the South Texas district of AAU, went to Cibolo Steel High School, and is a starting cornerback at AM going into his third year. He started as a true freshman, but he played AAU football. He ran AAU track, went to multiple Junior Olympics in track, was in one of in our first All Star game we did at Cowboy Stadium. So 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 pleased that he's wanting to come back and be a part. Um, I was with him at the Spurs game. I think it was Wednesday night, and and uh, he said, yeah, you know, I got to come back to where really a lot of it started, and that was a lot of my AAU participation. He said it really helped him develop and, and grow on c- competing on a on a large scale and on a big stage. Really helped him in his confidence, and then he went on to do great things in high school, and now getting it done in college. So I'm really excited about that event.
2: Hey, pledge, are we talking to Steve Foster or <laughs> holy dropping names like nobody's business, cheek? And by yeah, the way, I'm 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 filling in talking for you today, cheek.
4: Program, I'm not I'm not dropping names of who oh. I play college football. Oh no, it, but I you I went said. to the
2: Cowboys game with them.
4: <laughs> I, I mean, like, come uh, on, man. He played in our all-star game, our youth all star game. Yeah, you gotta listen, Greg. It, I wasn't talking about who I played with.
2: No, no, I'm saying that That's- you and him went to <laughs> went on the a stage to the Spurs game I, and
4: actually I ran into him at the Spurs game and he's he's doing a program with us. My God, dude, <laughs> I'm just talking about what the kid is doing with the program. Now Please.
1: Chico, how how big is it that people like Jalen come back? who have come through this program that you've seen play in the game up in Dallas, that they come back after going through it and basically reinvest in this program with the AAU and what it means to the actual program itself?
4: Man, it is huge because, honestly, it's it's really the first one to really step up and do it at this level. So that is why I'm so excited that he was wanting to do that. And, and we've had a lot of track athletes come back after their collegiate time or during their collegiate time. They'll come in the summer and work with the kids. Um, so I'm excited about the fact that that Jalen is is wanting to come back and be a part of the program that he participated in. So it is it's super exciting to me.
2: Hey Chico, you know we doing stuff with the uh, with young ladies here in San Antonio, and you know this week I get a I get a text message from one of the moms uh for one of our collegiate athletes that's literally killing it at the at the D2 level right now, you know, thanking for the things that we do. And, you know, to your point, when you start getting those players coming back, I think as I don't know, you said you're the governor. I'm just a coach, man. So I'm I'm a little title guy. Um you know getting the opportunity for those folks to, to come back to me, that's the most rewarding piece is to know that, you know, I I did have an impact in this player's life. Um, I did have an impact on, you know, how they took it to the next level. And unlike a lot of coaches here in San Antonio that look at these young adults uh, as commodities, we're taking them and looking at it as the opportunity to mold and grow them so that they do have the, um, the importance of what we call, Cheek, like, you've got to leave a legacy. You've got to leave a legacy, right? Because you have two ways to come back into our program. When people see you, they're super excited. Or when people see you, they're like, I don't even want to talk to them. And so you have a choice. And so sure. I, I love the fact in the stories that you're talking about where, you know, you have kids coming back wanting to give back because that's the true testament of what a good program is.
4: Yeah, I've got a young man over at UIW, Kyle Lewis. Same who, here. Uh, yeah. cool. They uh, they just won the Men's Indoor Southland Conference Championship. Wow. And I've got a, another show that I'm doing now, the Tanner Report on Semi-Pro Live, and and he was on my show and he talked about the same thing and now he's coming back and helping and officiating the track meets or or just he's actually stepped in cuz I do the announcing one track meet he stepped in and did the announcing love so it. it was really cool man i was like wow so he a great kid uh, you know academic all american and and getting it done so i love i love the fact that this is what it's really about yeah. You know, it's not about all the trophies. It's about this, building good people and building quality uh, citizens in our society.
2: Chico, I got two former players on my coaching staff at Incarnate Word High School right now. Two former players. It's huge.
4: Love it.
1: Hey, Chico, quickly, what else we got going on with AAU?
4: Man, track coming up. We're going to be in Seguin for qualifiers up in Killeen in June. We had to shift from D.W. Rutledge Stadium. That's under construction and redoing that stadium uh, interior. Oh, interior. yeah. So so we're going to be at Matador Stadium in the middle to end of June for our big qualifiers. We've got diving competitions coming up, volleyball, taekwondo, a lot going on in the district.
1: That is Chico Tanner, the governor of the AAU. We will be right back with more right here on Land Down the Line. Lo-
0: San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Laying Down the Law, Laying Down the Law, with Steve Foster, Rod Chico Tanner, and Chris Fernandez. Brought you by Texas Spine Care Center, Instaco Global Logistics, Cover 3 San Antonio, Serenity Medical Centers, San Antonio and Austin, and Hop Dottie Burger Bar.
1: Welcome back into hour number two of Laying Down the Law right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 1033 FM. We jump into tournament action right after the show thought we were going to have Steve Foster, but it looks like the phone lines have uh, gone away. So oh, right now, me, me and Pauly Greco going to get yes. you going. I am sitting in for him. Of course, you can follow along with the show. We are on Facebook and YouTube Live at San Antonio Sports Star. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at IamPledger. As we get ready to get into the second hour of the show, and of course, the man, the myth, the legend himself has phoned in live from Las Vegas, we have our man Steve Foster joining us on the Kielbasa Bacon phone line, 656-ESPN, 656-3776. Steve, what's going on, my man?
5: I'm the name-dropping (laughs) event-hopping.
1: There's no doubt about <laughs> always, that.
5: Always facts. Uh, hey, <laughs> facts on and popping, supporting. What's up? Hey, no. Listen, uh, great show. Uh, I think uh, y'all have been spot on on a bunch of things. It's it's always interesting to get a perspective of your peers and how they come across and 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 do what they do in, in the same uh, sandbox as, as you. And a, a lot of great points, but. Man Greco, yo, how, how you how you gonna hit me like that with the with the oh, I'm playing Chico? Come on, man! You're right, you're right. Pledger does have to play me, yeah. But I'm okay with man. that. <laughs> but but I think you had some uh, uh, you know honestly really uh, great points about how one pledge. Uh, The NFL kind of stole the spotlight, To Nobody had St. Peter's from Jersey City. But that makes guys like Paulie and myself that have roots from from back east, like, wow, because they knocked off a blue blood in in Kentucky. Uh, You know, the show comes to San Antonio next weekend. That'll be uh, insane. And then, you know, Paul, I wanted to ask you, why not have Devontae Adams And his college roommate, uh, D. Carr, create something that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow uh, have in Cincinnati. Um, Doesn't that give some type of? So first off, first off, don't
2: disrespect Joe Burrow's like that. First off, okay. Secondly, secondly, right. When you take a look at the you know the AFC Central versus what the AFC West is going to look like, two completely different types of divisions to me it's not that much different i see it being different with the 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 caliber of players that are now in the afc west in their first year together no i'm aware right but i'm saying don't write
1: off the north because you look at the north you got deshaun watson now lamar jackson who's got an mvp within the last few years you've got uh in, please don't say
2: tannahill please don't say tannahill please don't say Tannehill.
1: no that's not in the, that's do, not do, in do, the do. central i know I'll just if, talk, if, we're talking about, if we're talking about the north though you yeah. got deshaun in cleveland you yeah. got lamar over there in baltimore mm-hmm. you've got um the uh who am i missing in the north burroughs uh, Joe Burrow with yep. the Cincinnati Bengals, who are just in the Super Bowl, yep. and,
4: and on top of good. that,
1: you got Mitchell Trubisky, who was a number three overall pick and was the most sought after free agent quarterback. And people think, after his year in Buffalo in the right system, can at least show why he was drafted number three overall a few years ago—the same draft as Deshaun Watson, by the way. Yeah, right. I, that's true. I'm not. I, I'm not saying it is tit mean, for tat. AFC West right. is. is the better, but you've got a very, very strong kind of 1B behind it with the AFC North, I think, in terms of the quarterbacks in that division. You talk about T.J. Watt. You talk about what the Baltimore Ravens have perennially been in year in and year out, what the Cincinnati Bengals are becoming, and the offensive line – issues that they kind of addressed through free agency and now they're looking at a Collins to help bolster that front in front of Joe Burrow I just think that I'm not going to write off the AFC North real quick because I think it's right behind the AFC West in terms of most competitive divisions in football
5: yeah and don't write off it don't write off the Raiders that's one of my teams Paul so you know that's that's I'm, I'm gonna well, I mean that, that bias right there. again I'm gonna have that bias but <laughs> But the,
1: the, and they were a playoff team. They were the only other playoff team in that division.
5: Well, well listen. And
1: they took Cincinnati it, to the brink.
5: It, it, yeah, they did. They absolutely did. And, again, Devontae Adams is a playmaker, can be a game changer. Hear me out. Can be a game changer. Nonetheless. nonetheless More so
1: than Zay Jones was.
5: Uh, yeah. And, and, and <laughs> nonetheless, nonetheless, you you got to get past Justin Herbert you you got to get, get past Patrick Mahomes, who did get better with Juju on that beat.
4: Mm-hmm. You did get past he Justin hurt. Herbert.
5: It, 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 yeah, but I'm just saying you're going to have to get past
2: him. And now that defense. And, yeah, yeah, it's not going to be. And Russell Wilson. going to be great football. Yep, it's
5: going to be great football. <laughs> well, so write so
2: rank, rank uh, those what? quarterbacks. Write those four quarterbacks for me, Foz, because you're well, talking about. Oh, he's four. Yeah, he's definitely if, four. That, again, proving, again, to, to the point that I'm but trying but to make in that. Beginning, that beginning,
5: Four, four in that division four in that division again is not so bad and that's only because cuz it's Raiders, four teams yes they went. They, well again
1: they did add Chandler you know, Jones on defense too
5: 100 listen, sack club you, you still like you said they still did well last year with less than they will have this upcoming season but 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 let's get back is he to that better
2: than Josh game. Allen no Okay, no. so now we're five. I'm just, I'm like, no. when you talk about no. quarterbacks, especially, but, but again, like, again, in the AFC. A
5: team sport, but it's a team sport. And the quarterback is everything in the NFL. Not going to take that away. But there's something interesting, because we saw it with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, when you have a quarterback and a receiver that can have something special. Because, again, Devontae Adams, you have to say he and Aaron Rodgers had something special, without a doubt. But if he's willing... To go back to his college guy it's just an interesting blip on the radar right now in the nfl it steals a lot of headlines
2: yeah and, let me ask you this you know, foz on the vo- so do you think moving forward the size of the contract and the amount of money that they're paying them paying him excuse me uh is going to hamper the raiders as they move forward 28 and a half a year that's what i'm saying does it, well, it does it, it cause issues it
5: could. It, it could yeah it could but again Again, you have to see and it's a now league, right? It's a very much oh, yeah. now
2: league. The Rams so, proved that, you know, right?
5: Coaches like Lovey Smith who gets a chance again. He got he got relieved at 10 and 6 with the Bears. You know, 10 and 6 would have bought you first place in the NFC East for the last 6 years. You know, it's interesting how life works. I think the NFC like y'all said too, it's just there. You know, best 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 of luck to whoever gets through that. Let us know what happens. Because most of the focus is going to be again back on the AFC, like back with my man Ken Stabler and the rest of the guys from the Oakland Raiders, Dan Fouts and all those guys back in the day in that old school eighties AFC West, without a doubt. Who's your winner, Polly, for March
2: Madness? Uh, they're they're already out. They they, uh, they, they kinda got upset. Uh, um it was Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> So. <laughs> so now I'm just like, just sitting back and enjoying yeah, I like watching
5: honesty. Yeah. I mean, like
2: I, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Out. I'm enjoying now watching the, the, this new, I don't know. It's a kind of world wrestling that we're, we're seeing at the NCAA. Um, <laughs> so I'm enjoying that factor. It's like a little bit of uh rugby and hockey and basketball all mixed together. So I'm enjoying that aspect. It's making things a little bit more fun for me.
0: Yeah.
5: And and I know you're excited that baseball's back at the oh you know, America's pastime. Can't wait. You, you can't can't complain yeah. about that. Especially yeah. a man that coaches softball in the ways that you do.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm i mean, we were talking about it at the beginning of the show, you know, um as Pledge was playing you and did a great opening. Right. We were talking about uh this being one of the I think it's one and two. I'll use I'll use Pledge.
1: It's one A, one B, right? One yep. A to me is in October uh 1b is like right now and the reason october is because you actually have nfl games and yep. then there's the playoffs and in, in both baseball and hockey going on at That's the same right. time and it's just this convolution of all these sports coming together yep. all at once
2: yep so it's yep. like this is you know these I, I was talking to pledge these are the days that i miss being on radio and being in the stands you know covering games uh like i did back in the day uh but i don't i don't miss the uh not being homes i like working from homes now you know what i'm saying
5: uh, I get you. I get you. Yeah. Uh, anybody I should, uh, legally go down to the uh, casino and and maybe get a three game parlay. Maybe we'll talk about that. Oh, I time. like that. But,
1: uh, well, I mean, that that's pretty, that's pretty easy. I like Texas tonight. I will say that I'm,
2: I'm, I'm looking for a smidge of an upset tonight. Parlay, Texas like- tech and Duke. Ooh, Texas tech. Oh yeah. Put a ton of money on tech tonight.
0: I, I
5: do. <laughs> I do like Texas tech. Yeah. Uh,
1: or if you wanna keep Texas it all if you wanna keep it all Texas, you gotta get down there before uh eleven ten, but parlay Texas Tech and Houston. Ooh.
5: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. The 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 big Tex. The big Tex Parlay. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. No they, you know, they've got everything all over the place. Even in the suburbs they've they've got the uh I'm not throwing a TCU
1: in that parlay, and, sorry.
5: And all that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well gentlemen, always a pleasure. Great that uh uh, y'all can, can help out. I appreciate it. My sister right now is leading me by 10 points in the pool, but that will not last long. And, uh, you know, I have to be honest with that, and we'll we'll see how everything turns out. I I did two sets. I did one where the Zags win and then one where Arizona.
1: I like the Arizona the pick. Net. I'm I'm okay with that. I want yeah. Coach K in a walk-off. I'm about storylines. Yeah, I don't. I don't.
5: No. <laughs> Tell me voting no. Yeah, I'm not play.
1: a big fan of that one. <laughs> Just give me storylines. (laughs) Storylines over integrity every time. He is the host of the show, Steve Foster. Join us live out in Vegas. Foss, thanks so much for hopping on with us this morning. All
5: right. Thanks, fellas. Take
1: care. He is Steve Foster. You can follow him on Twitter, at Foss underscore sports. I am at, I am pleasure. Of course, you can join us on the Kilbasa Bacon phone line, 656 ESPN 656-3776 or on our Facebook and YouTube live feeds. You can comment along with the show. Keep us entertain and apprise as to what's going on coming up next though we were talking a little bit about the nfl let's dump jump deep into it because the dallas cowboys look to have gotten an easier road out of the first round of the playoffs finally we'll find out if it helps them moving forward because free agency has been very minuscule so far to this point for them. We'll see if they've done anything that's really helped move the needle. Coming up next right here on Laying Down the Lawn, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and
3: 1033 FM. Laying Down the Law is brought to you by Texas Spine Care Center, Cover 3 San Antonio, Coordinated Financial Group, and Hop Dotty Burger Bar.
1: Welcome back into Land the Raw, right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 1033 FM. I'm James Pleasure. I'm joined by Paul Greco. We are sitting in for Steve Foster today, as well as Edwin Hafner, producing today's show as always. I look at the NFL, and we've talked a lot about it this morning, but I think Deshaun to Cleveland... Makes a lot of sense in terms of why he chose them over whether it was Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans. I think he he really relished the fact of going home and Atlanta was in the lead. But once Cleveland fully guaranteed five years, 230 on a brand new contract and came back to the table with that, it was hard for him to say no.
2: Yeah, you know, I have a lot of issues um, with the move. From a personal standpoint, right? Um, I I don't like... Girl dab. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, right? So I'm going to get controversial for a second. So kneeling, right, for racial injustice gets you a, a lot of backlash. A lot. But what this gentleman did with 22, allegedly... There you go. Right? We'll put the quotes around that. But I mean, had to because and,
1: yeah. a, a grand jury decided no, no bill. Not so. enough
2: evidence. Exactly. Not enough evidence. Now, um, I wish we had Faj right now, right? Because not enough evidence could have been 20 out of 22. You had evidence, but you didn't have it on the other two, right? There's a lot of circumstances behind that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, everything I see, Cleveland Browns fans are like, I see like half and half. Half are ecstatic. You know, half are like, I can't believe my team did this. Oh, I think it's
1: full of static. I don't think I've seen anybody, at least not on Twitter, not on social media, everything seems pretty excited about being... They're a Super Bowl team now. Yep, They are a Super Bowl team now. It is hard to not quantify them in the upper echelon of the NFL.
2: I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. Again, and the reason why, I'll go back to the conversation we had with Foz, the AFC is absolutely stacked. Mm -hmm. I don't see them as one of the top five teams in the AFC right now with the Bills, everybody but uh the Raiders in in the West, right? I think you have you've brought up Baltimore. You
1: have the Titans that had a really good year last year and fell flat as a number one seed, right? And they continually will fall flat because Ryan Tannehill is their quarterback, yeah. which is why you put Cleveland in that in that category because they now have that quarterback.
2: I didn't even mention the Bengals. and That's why I said I don't think they're a top five team in the AFC, let alone a Super Bowl contender. I think everything would have to fall right, meaning all those quarterbacks would have to go down. Something, something dramatic would happen. I don't oh, see them. I don't them. think so. I, 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 don't I see look it. at,
1: I look at that defense. You look at Del Pitt, you look at Denzel Ward, you look at Greg Newsom, you look at Miles Garrett. You, they, uh, if they re Jadevian Cloney, like mm-hmm. they are built on that side of the ball to play extremely well. They were a victim of circumstance because Baker Mayfield played horrible last year. And yet somehow they were still in it. They have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb running the football behind a really, really, really good offensive line with Joel Patino and what they have built up front there in front of what Deshaun's going to offer. Everybody forgets that Deshaun's final year in the league, when we last saw him playing football, he was statistically the best quarterback in all of football that year. He had the most passing yards. He had the most passing touchdowns. He had the highest passer rating. He had a 70% completion uh, percentage on throws that averaged eight and a half yards, which I don't know if you don't understand how hard that is to do to complete 70% of your passes while still having over 8.5 yards per attempt. That's insane. Like, Deshaun Watson is a Tier 1, A number 1 quarterback, and they have Omari Cooper, who they traded for, so they got a number 1 receiver. There's the chance that they could bring Jarvis Landry back. I guarantee you they are looking at signing Will Fuller, and Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller, when Will Fuller's healthy, those two connecting together... His quarterback rating is through the bleeping roof. I think it's just he- in.
2: Will Fuller just dropped another football? Just in? I just I just got that. That's no, he's actually
1: news. his hands have gotten a lot better yeah. since early in his career. What you have to worry about is breaking news. Will Fuller just popped another hamstring. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you have to worry about with Will Fuller.
2: I so I I mean you're, you're making really good points on it on a a player that hasn't played in a year and a half potentially mm-hmm. more. Right. I still when I take a look at. What the AFC South, excuse me, West teams have done? How the Buffalo Bills got better?
1: But that can be that could be attrition. Yeah, that I could just, be just them beating up on each other, and, and like the neck the team that wins that limps into the playoffs because of how brutal. So they I'll have So I flip to-
2: that on you, right? I'm going to flip it on you. I look mm-hmm. at it completely different. I have coaches' mentality. I get I'm it. Looking you at it, can be battle tested. Battle test. That's the way I look. Like again, I'm putting my my hat on. We try to play the best teams in the state of Texas to prepare us for winning four games in the playoffs. I that's get it. it. Right? Like injuries happen. Mm-hmm. It's something you have to deal with. Everybody does. Yep. Right. And so I, I that's why I said, I get where you're coming from on that, but I also flip it and be like, okay, I'm going to take any one of the, I'll take three out of those four teams. No disrespect to Fawz's team. Right. I'll take three out of the four. at I'd say they smash up on Cleveland. That's the way I feel.
1: Here's the thing: you can say the same thing about the North, though. You can take three out of those four teams, and I'll put Pittsburgh to the side, even though Pittsburgh's got Mike Tomlin and is perennially good. And well,
2: has never never had a losing season. That's, exactly, that's, that's a lot of goodness.
1: But you got Joe Burrow. You got the defending uh, AFC champion there. Yep. Yep. You've got Baltimore, who is always good. I think Cleveland's going to be near the top of that. I mean, that is another feast or fate. You can be battle-tested and hardened yeah. in the AFC North just like you can in the AFC West. I think the team that's going to have the easy road is going to be Buffalo. Who are they going to play?
2: Well, they got this little team called the New York Jets.
1: Oh, yeah, right.
2: And they have a New England Patriots team that, behind Matt Jones, had a really good season they last did. year. Um, that team came back to earth really hard late in the season, though. Yep. And I think they got some cap. Potential problems, right? We've already seen a lot of moves by them this off season, but the Bills definitely have the easiest path um, out of the teams that we've spoken about.
1: Well, the Titans have the easiest path. You think they play in the AFC South?
2: Yeah, you might be right. That's why they're number one seed, right? Yeah, and then get I mean, destroyed I mean, hosting hosting a game. Exactly, should have won, right? I feel you.
1: I mean, that's the easiest path, but in in terms of the superstar quarterbacks and the teams that we think are going to be there in the end, the Bills obviously have the path of least resistance And that They're good, though. They're really good. They're really good. And they add a Von Miller on defense. I agree, but I look at this and you can write off the Cleveland Browns. If Deshaun Watson does not get suspended this year, I believe Cleveland is in play to be a contender in the AFC. It is that simple. They they are built as such, and that is the one piece that they were missing. Yeah. Now, is there some rust after missing a year? Maybe, but it's no more rust than if he blew out a knee in week one, oh, yeah. never played all year, and then all of a sudden he's back the following year, only he instead of rehabbing, he was just practicing the whole time. So
2: again, data-driven, right? That That's the way I like because we're in a stat-driven world. Yep, I'm curious to see a stat of a player that has, one, move teams, two, mm-hmm. coming off a year of not playing and what that performance actually looks like. That would give us a basis, Drew at Brees. least a baseline, to do that. Who? Drew Brees. What about Drew Brees?
1: Labrum sh- surgery. Yeah, but he didn't move teams. Yeah, he did. Well, from I He mean, went from the Chargers the Char- to the Saints. Yeah, but I'm... I'm... <sighs> he he tore his Labrum... He had con- reconstructive surgery, which what is he why he didn't year. go to it was Saban. They they played extremely well.
2: Yeah, I'm curious. That's one example. That's why I say I'm data driven. I want no, like to see, I'd like to see some cases. I understand. But not, not a
1: lot of quarterbacks it's, move teams like that. Yeah. I, I mean, you talk Especially about. Especially franchise quarterbacks. Yes. And we're in a different world where franchise quarterbacks have the freedom to move more easily. A la Russell Wilson, what we saw with Aaron Rodgers threatening to move all off season. Uh, this is Matt Ryan potentially moving. We saw Carson Wentz move twice no. in the last couple of years.
2: Not franchise quarterback. I get, okay, I, I get where you're coming
1: from. But we, there is more freedom of movement among quarterbacks than there ever has been. So you know, so what do you still have fan bases?
2: loyalty then? Why do we still have fan loyalty? You're but, bringing that stuff up because I'll be honest, like that stuff pisses me off, man. Like I am not a fan of where we're at um, with allowing so much movement. I got, I got get a behind. question. Okay,
1: are you a fan of being able to change jobs in your field?
2: Am I for a, a fan a better of situation? It? I don't have a contract, so I, it's hard for me to say. Give an answer to that. If I had a contract, it'd be different. Would it? For me, I'm just, you're asking me I'm personally. I'm just saying, as a capo, So, yes. So, I'll give you an example. I signed up for the military. Mm-hmm. Did my time. Then I got out. Then I made a move. And
1: there are a lot of people who get out on technicalities.
2: Uh, yes, because that's called they screwed up and they're getting out on, on dishonorable discharges or medical. Mm-hmm. Right? So, they're not asking to be moved to the Air Force, to the Marines. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's, I have issues, again, from a fandom standpoint. I have so much issues in today's world to where you can't get behind a player. Like, let's be honest, you can sit there and get a player's jersey, and it's worthless will, unless your name is Tom Brady.
1: I will give you this though, and even Tom Brady's jersey is worthless. <laughs> well, if you, if you I, think mean his, I mean
2: his his last touchdown football is definitely worthless now. Five hundred G's down
1: the toilet. That oh went fast. Talk about a a. Oh. a Something that Uh, didn't hold value very (laughs) long. I feel so bad. I ask this because we are a capitalist society in almost everything that we do, right? Mm -hmm. Everything that we do. Yet we show loyalty to these franchises that don't show loyalty to these players in terms of you're not performing. I'm going to cut you. I'm going to release you. You're not going to get any of your guaranteed money, right?
2: So take that back. When you talk about guaranteed money, they get the guaranteed money if they're released, or,
1: or you sign it's a contract for five years, uh, five and five you, get years. A, you get
2: a certain amount of money up front,
1: and you get it, but yes. the the rest of your money, like let's say it's backloaded and, and the mm-hmm. big your big contractor, you're getting twenty three million next year, okay. and they're like, we don't want to pay that. We're cutting you, okay. unless you renegotiate with us and lower lower your number. Okay, they can come at you like that, but. You're the bad guy if you go at them and go, I'm outperforming my contract, and they go, but you signed a contract, and I'll hear fans say, you signed a contract. Why are you trying to get more money all of a sudden? It's like, well, I'm out overperforming my value.
2: So I there's a couple things that... We could probably tackle and talk a lot about. I don't mm-hmm. know if we have enough time today, right? But I'm going to use. We do
1: have enough time because you know what? We'll take a sidebar. What? We'll come back. My we'll thoughts. get back into this. Get your thoughts in order. to get them
2: all collected right now. Get them,
1: get them collected. I know you're an analytics guy. I get, am. Those, get those numbers in order for me. And we'll talk about I it next right here on Laying Down the Lawn, San Antonio show Sports again. Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 1033 FM.
3: Laying Down the Law is brought to you by Texas Spine Care Center, Cover 3 San Antonio, Coordinated Financial Group, and Hop Daddy Burger Bar. Welcome back into Laying Down the Law
1: right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 450, 1033 FM. I got Polly a little riled up as we went into break, so I wanted to take the time, keep us on the clock, and let him Get his thoughts out in order. Order. I don't know about that. But we're talking about you know contracts and yeah. players and player ha- empowerment, as it will yep. as we've seen in the NBA with players kind of controlling their movement and where they want to be and where they want to go, and it's starting to happen in the NFL as we've seen in terms of Deshaun Watson, who had a contract with the Houston Texans that he literally just signed the year before and he was about to start his new contract this year that he had just signed was taking meetings with teams about where he wanted to play despite being on a team yeah i think that the just
2: is a different different type of situation only because of you know what was happening i think there's wilson so yep so let's talk russell wilson right so Russell was inside a contract, was looking at the uh, peripherals of the contract, uh, the dynamics of where the team was going. and Which such contract gave him a no-trade clause. That's right. Because he was trying to protect himself, right? And so this is where, I hate to use this word, but industry insiders are talking about a mutual divorce between the two teams. right? Seattle came to him, said, we're looking to restructure... <laughs> We're looking to rebuild.
1: Mm-hmm. Is
2: this something that you want to be a part of? And the answer is probably hell no. No. Right? I've got so, a few
1: years left. I want a chance to win.
2: So I have, as a franchisee, if I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan, I'm disappointed. At the same time, I understand the dynamics behind that. Where I have issues are where players are demanding that they want to leave or they want more money, and I'll use what, what you talked about earlier, right? They They outperform their contract. And so, one of the things I take a look at from a data analytical standpoint is if I'm an agent, mm-hmm. right? One of the things that that we do, and I'm gonna let me give it to you like this. i I was I, I no longer do it, but I was one of the top fantasy players in the country. Got okay? two years in a row, uh, rated number one in projections for for Major League Baseball. Got mm-hmm. okay? the reason why that happened was because I'm projecting what the future is going to hold. Why are these agents not projecting what their players are going to do in order to incentivize the contracts to reach said goals, right? Now, I'm also going to flip it on this side. If I'm a good GM and this individual is outperforming his contract, I want to show fate to them that, one, we care about them. Two, they're a huge part of what we're trying to build. And I'm going to do restructuring. And that's has not been out of the question, particularly over the last 10 years. We've seen contracts being restructured based on your, your high performance. Um, we're going to give you more. JJ Watt, perfect example, right? And so, like, I don't have issues. I have issues with the, with the crybabiness of, um, I'm, I'm outperforming. I'm going to social media. Uh, I want fit, you know, like I have issues with that because I'm a man. And so I'm trying to keep things behind closed doors. And want to do that. What happened in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield, to me, I can't use the words I want to use, but yeah. That's crybaby-ish. And so like I, I, I have issues with stuff like that.
1: The problem is we are being nostalgic of a time that has passed. Things happen in social media now. And and to to be fair, these players have found a way to weaponize. Whether it's a no-trade clause or whether it's social media, like scrubbing their social media of a team and all aspects of it in order to bring teams to the negotiating table early Mm -hmm. when they feel like they deserve, they've been, they have found a way to weaponize social media and the public and good on them because... We are a capitalist society, and in a lot of ways that we think in all of life, yet our sports loyalties, we we tend to lean away from the millionaires because of how much they get paid and side with the billionaires because they're the ones who've been there. Even though those billionaires will leave at the drop of a hat, as we've seen in Houston, if you don't build them a brand new palace when they want one built and pay for it out of your pocket and not theirs. Right. So i've come further to the side of pro player in terms of movement because they've been taken advantage of for a long time they have especially in football yeah. in a in a league in where they weren't told about c t e they weren't told about the ramifications of the sport that they were playing and so i've just leaned closer towards the player. More so in recent years than I ever have before. And the money is there to go around. I understand that it's a salary cap league, but the Saints just went from 75 million over to 35 under in terms to uh, bring in Deshaun Watson because they thought they had a chance at him. The salary cap is closer to a myth than anything that I think we can believe. They they have guys that are numbers guys that can restructure and oh, set yeah. deals and get you exactly. Guaranteed where money you need that to doesn't be.
2: count towards it.
1: Yeah. They they're gonna find a way to work around it. And if they really wanna do something, they will get that thing done. So I am the the older I've gotten, the more I start to realize. The players are right in this in this instance, so I may not like it because I am a fan of my team, but I understand it because if I was in their situation, I wouldn't want to be beholden to someone else either,
2: yeah, again, you know prior to going to the break and you're asking me the questions around contracts, I'm a firm believer that if you sign a contract, you play through the contract now I get listen. You know, everybody wants to get paid, and I understand, and you talk about- The
1: problem is the owners don't honor those contracts either.
2: But here's the deal. It comes down to what we're seeing right now, which is guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. It's always been the issue. Yes. Right? So it's the guaranteed money. The contract in the years mean absolutely nothing. It's the signing bonuses and getting money up front, and then it's the um, what you're going to get, get paid. Whether or not the owners or the GM or whoever releases you before that contract, that is what it is. Right, it, and there's a lot of things: salary cap, low performance. Robert Woods was just traded. Yeah, right. We've got to make money trading. You know, part of the business. So you understand the trade piece, right? That that to me is a little bit different. Trading is a little bit different, unless you're the Oakland A's. I don't like what they've done. <laughs> However, or Cincinnati Reds. However, for me, again, I sign a contract. I finish out the contract, then I'm able to go where I go, right? The manipulation of contracts right now in the NFL bothers me.
1: It's right? not the NFL, it's sports.
2: You don't see it in major league baseball because yeah, there's you. really not um Yes you do. I not you don't. There's no get everything for, for Major League Baseball is based for the players, which is guaranteed money. So if they get released, they get that money. It's they guaranteed. get that
1: money, but they are able to weaponize wanting to be traded. They they have used that. You see it around the trade deadline all the time. They too have a good they have a really good bearing on how to get where they want to go. How many big
2: let's talk big stars. If you're talking baseball now, you don't see many big stars getting traded at the deadline. Unless hold on. Unless let me let me finish my point. Mm. Unless if they're at the end of their career And it's a player that's been established. We see that all the time. Max Scherzer is a perfect example, right? You don't see players in their prime unless they're on a craptastic team and somebody's looking to dump in order to get compensation. That's it. You don't see um, a 27-year-old, because that's prime. That's what we say Mm -hmm. is prime for Major League Baseball, crying about wanting to be traded like I see in basketball or the NFL. I don't see that because... Money's guaranteed.
1: Contracts well, it's, guaranteed. It's money's guaranteed, but they're also they're like ten-year contracts.
2: For, well, for some of them, we're seeing a, a lot of. Them. So we're seeing a lot of these three to five years, tons of money. Carlos it's Correa's about time story.
1: too. It's yeah. about time that we saw these smaller deals because these ten-year deals were unsustainable.
2: It it has to do with the again. I still think with the number of years. I think what you see again with data. Right, I think because that's what Correa was looking for. He was (laughs) looking for that ten-year, three hundred and fifty. Sorry, Alex Rodriguez, Albert Pujols's of the world have screwed over the the young guys that are wanting to get those ten years. Right, Mike Trout, different level than everybody else, absolutely deserves it. If you have any history like Carlos Correa has of injury, you're not getting those big contracts. You're just not. You've got to prove over the life of this that you can actually handle it. You'll be. I, what is going to be uh, 28 then he's 25 right now right you'll be 28 then you have your opportunity for a 10-year but i don't i still don't think i think you will not see 10-year contracts in major league baseball again
1: the nba wants to have their cake and eat it too in terms of guaranteed contracts and being able to form super teams and you know get where you want to go and we're seeing that with these super yeah, How's that maxes. working out for
2: the Lakers? It's
1: it's not. Wor- it worked out well t- uh, last year. Yeah. They got a title during COVID. Yeah. Two that. years ago, excuse two, me. Two, yeah.
2: Biting them in the ass now.
1: Biting them in the ass now, but I guarantee you they'll find a way to move Russell Westbrook's contract, bring in another star that's more equipped to pair with LeBron James, and they'll be right back in it.
2: He sets the tone
1: lebron james is the one that actually changed all of sports in terms of that
2: oh yeah with the move to the miami heat Mm -hmm. oh there's no doubt
1: he was he was the one that literally changed everything and now we see people are using the shorter term two-year deals build around me prove that you're going to build around me and if it doesn't work i'm going to go somewhere else that's right and What those shorter term deals in the NBA also do is while you lose the long term financial stability of that long term guaranteed money, you get the I'm going to hit the market again after the cap goes up. And when the cap goes up every year, and we're starting to see this in the NFL too, we're seeing teams with opt outs after early years, you know, uh, three year, you know, early option after a third year, player option. It's because quarterbacks especially want to get to the market again to get another bite of the pie mm-hmm. before instead of getting five, six, seven year deals like but, Patrick Mahomes did. Yeah. Which Patrick Mahomes is the aberration. Yeah. He took a long term deal in order to build a contender around him that has a lot of places to restructure that deal for him.
2: So I love the fact that you're making my point stronger because everything that you're talking around the contract is around the agents trying to take care of their players and looking forward. Right to what is coming next. Mm -hmm. And I think as an agent and as a player, you should have that more in mind versus what you're doing right now. Right. I again, I don't like when players are coming out and be pay me more for what I did last year. It should be pay me more for what I've done after these couple years and have performed. But to the point that you're bringing up, which is making my point stronger, which is opt out years. Right. Understanding where the game is going as a whole from a, a financial standpoint, understanding what the contracts look like with Amazon and mm-hmm. your and your commercial base, that is how you start to build yourself what I would call bigger, uh, faster, stronger in a mindset standpoint, in order to be as lucrative as possible as a player, not a whiny ass person, <laughs> right? That is constantly crying. That you want more money, yet you've only performed in a year. Juju Schuster, for instance. He's had one, maybe one and a half good years. He's great on social media. Mm-hmm. He's great on social media. But, man, put it all together. That's why this one-year contract, I am so excited to see what this guy can actually do with, I think, is a really good quarterback in a really good system um, against some of the top-flight defenses in the AFC this year. Like, I'm excited about that because I want to see the awesome social media starlight put together with a really good NFL season to see exactly what you can do.
1: And you talk about the the one-year guys. Yeah. One-year guys. Love that's those. the thing. You got sh- to strike while the iron's hot. Mm-hmm. So it's not a couple of years. Pay me for that year. You just saw it. Pay me for that. Yeah. And that's what a lot of players are doing is trying to strike while the iron's hot. And that's part of... Contract negotiation and I think the that, that the agents currently are running circles around the general managers and in, in sports leagues right now right yeah. now
2: you know one of one of the great things that uh, uh protract does a really good job with with contracts one of the things that I've been trying to to do some research on is is the one and, and two year contracts I, I want to say please don't quote me on this right now but uh this year is going to be the most one and two year contracts that have been done in NFL history
1: hmm.
2: right. And they're talking about how next year's class is going to be even bigger for NFL free agents. And so, again, it's constantly going right back to my point is that we're starting to see not only players, but agents understand the future versus the right now, right? I'm really curious to see if baseball at some point will take that because, again, (sighs) Carlos Correa's deal I like because it's literally three one-year contracts. Yep. You, oh, you want You want more money? Prove it. As a player, it's like, oh, I want more money. I'm about to prove it. And I love that. That, to me, starts to show. However, I also have a lot. I feel as though I have integrity, which is I'm trying to put my best out there every single day. Um, and so, like, I, that makes me excited to see not only what he could do, what he could do for his team, but at, at the NFL level, again, I, I'll just keep going back to Juju Schuster because this is a guy that has the ability but spends more time social media eating, right, <laughs> uh, versus performance on the field.
1: He is uh, Paul Greco. I am James Pledger. We are sitting in for Steve Foster right here on Land Down the Law in San Antonio Sports Star. When we come back, we're going to put a bow on the show and get you ready for the NCAA tournament games coming up starting at 11 that you can catch right here on San Antonio Sports Star. That's 12.50 a.m. and 103.3 FM.
3: Laying Down the Law is brought to you by Texas Spine Care Center, Cover 3 San Antonio, Coordinated Financial Group, and Hop Dottie Burger Bar.
1: Welcome back into Laying Down the Law right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 1033 FM. I am James Pledger. I'm joined by Paul Greco. We're sitting in for Steve Foster today, about to put a ball in the show as we get you ready for the NCAA tournament. The second day of the round of 32 as the Texas Longhorns will take the court tonight as the six-seeded Horns take on third-seeded Purdue at 740 tonight.
2: I'm excited. I can't wait for that game.
1: Now, why do you think the Horns have such a huge chance to upset Purdue coming into this game? Because Purdue, A, they have the size. They've got 7-4 down the front court. They're 6-10 across uh, the front yeah. without him. And they've got one of the best guards in the nation in Jaden Ivey. I know. I know. That's why I'm rooting for Texas.
3: Because <laughs> you you said you see is,
1: you saw something that showed why they could beat them, and I'm just wondering what that is. Because I love Texas. Texas plays great defense. Chris Beers I love, but they they struggle scoring sometimes, just yep. like Tech. And if if Andrew Jones isn't on, t- you know they can drop it to Timmy and get a bucket. Timmy Allen's their lone bucket getter. Yep. But if if Febris or Ramey or uh uh Jones isn't feeling it, that team struggles offensively bad. So here again, I'm gonna I'll put my coach's hat on. So mm-hmm. if I'm
2: Texas going into this game, there's two things that I'm I'm looking to do. One, I'm trying to go fast pace. I'm trying to run it out of the court, and two, I'm trying to put as much pressure defensively. You brought it up, one of the top teams defensively uh in the nation. So that's those would be the, the two keys for me for victory for, for UT to get past Purdue. Um, and then play the uh, the sweet 16 Cinderella uh, team which again that really excites me uh, because now you get to play the villain and I like playing the villain uh, So that those would be the two keys I think for success uh, for Texas tonight uh, against Purdue. you've got to put you've got to run them out right you've got to slow down the front court for Purdue. Um, and what I mean by slow down the front court <laughs> is that you get them super tired um, and you run them out and then defensively you' you're full court pressing, you're trying to trap. And see how you might be able to reduce that shot clock mm-hmm. for Purdue. Um, yeah, th- those would be the keys. Those are things I'm going to look for. And you know, hopefully, if you know any UT fans, I have connections to, to Coach B. Just let them know that uh, that Greg said that's what he needs to do to win tonight. <laughs>
1: so, other games today: Texas Tech at 6:10 taking on Notre Dame, who had uh, a big upset in the first round. Texas Tech, though, they're one of those teams that I think can make a deep tournament run between. Their defense and their ability it being six eight six ten across the board from front to back court man they are just long defensive tenacious and they get after you uh Texas Tech taking on Notre Dame Houston will play Illinois coming up at 11 10 Ohio State and Villanova a 140 tip you've That's got a fun game the fun game is gonna be oh yeah Tom Izzo versus coach K in the round of 32, as Michigan State and Duke meet at 4.15 this afternoon, that's going to be a damn good game. The marquee game, right? I think that's what everybody I think so. It's the marquee game for today. So
2: that's, I think, the game that everybody's looking for. Um, you know, you spoke about, you know, getting getting Duke to the finals mm-hmm. is, is the key because it's going to create the stories, uh, at least to the Final Four. You know, you can't sleep on a, on a Tom Izzo defensive first mentality type team. Nope. So, again, that to me is the is showcase, the marquee game of the night. And, again, U-t. But U-t Duke thing. has
1: a couple of those top lottery picks Ooh, A.J. Yeah. Griffin and Paolo Banchero A couple of guys to watch out for Also Buckets. today uh, TCU is going to take on Arizona At 840 We've got Auburn, the two seed And Miami at 645 And of course, Iowa State Taking on Wisconsin In that Big 12-Big 10 matchup At 510 For Paulie G, I'm James Pledger For Steve Foster Out in Las Vegas, thanks for letting us sit in Thanks, have a great weekend, and of course, enjoy the madness as it unfolds. This is San Antonio Sports Star.